0: Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network.
1: The third annual Southeast Linux Fest is happening June 10th through 12th in Spartanburg, South Carolina. If you've been to self before, you know how awesome it is. If you've never been to self, you're missing out on one of the truly great things in life. Come to hear informative and entertaining talks from our many engaging speakers on topics from building a community to building a death ray. Come to socialize with your fellow geeks. Come to see a hillbilly deliver a highly technical talk while drunk off his ass. In addition to our normal scheduled events, we'll also have a number of affiliated events this year. We'll be having BSDA certification, LPI certification, training from Puppet Labs, Drupal Camp, and Ubucon, and a Build in Open Source Cloud Day. So come to the Southeast Linux Fest June 10th through 12th in Spartanburg or regret it for the rest of your life. For more information, visit www.southeastlinuxfest.org.
0: Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to Lennox in the Ham Shack. My name is Richard, KB5JBV, here in beautiful, beautiful, muggy, warm, Balt Springs, Texas. Yes, it's so muggy and warm, I'm starting to get moldy. Well, maybe I was getting moldy before that. But a dry climate would work better. But enough about me. Let me introduce to you the star of our show, Russ. K-5-T-U-X. Say hello to everybody, Russ. Good evening. This is Russ,
2: K-5-T-U-X, from, you know, between the peaks in the pine forests of north-central Arkansas. It's been a long time. I know everybody's wondering where all our episodes are going. They're coming very soon. Sorry about the delay. But, uh, we're back. We're still going. We're not pod-fading. We'll be doing this for a long time to come. I know because... Richard says he never leaves his house, but I bet he'd be willing to drive up here just to kick my ass if we stopped recording. So here we are.
0: No, I wouldn't drive up there. See, I have my own seal team.
2: Well, that's, a, that's the kind of the same thing. If you mastermind, uh, s-
0: send them in under cloak of darkness and, and everything. It's a land-based operation. You don't really need seals. Yeah. They're, they're like cute and black. Make that noise. <laughs> I'm not
2: even sure where to go with that so I'm just going to sit here and
0: and there you have it Uh, furry little critters all the time furry little critters all the time Uh, we don't fumble our food dog anymore because we were told we would go blind but furry little critters all the time okay well down here in this part of the world we haven't been doing a whole heck of a lot except testing radio equipment we're having a Having a fire sale over here at uh, Resonant Frequency because if we can't get rid of it, we're going to set it on fire. But this week, we're going to try, uh, try and ease on through things and and get this on out. And for those of y'all that listen to the other show, uh, I haven't fallen off the planet. I've had other considerations I've had to take care of. However, uh, when and if I can ever get to the machine I do the videos on, then we will uh, get some more of those out. Because right now, I'd have to climb over... A stack of six foot high and probably about eight feet deep of stuff to get at that machine. All right. So, uh, here in segment one, let's see what else we got going. Hmm. Well, we got some upcoming events. Uh, let's talk about Dayton. Talk about Dayton a little bit, Russ. Oh, you're going to make me talk about Dayton
2: just because I'm going to be there and you're not.
0: Well, I'm sorry. And I can't hardly get on commercial aircraft. I'm afraid of terrorists.
2: You know, we've offered to take you up there. You have a free room. We're not going to pay for your food, but you know, you can we'll, we'll take you there just so you can say you've been. Did you go as a young boy or were you whipped with a stick or something for even suggesting it or what's the problem? Uh no. No. Okay. It's the
0: same reason I've been having
2: turned down work. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't it's not going to cost you anything. I can't drive down to Dallas to get you, but you know. Exactly. Uh, i see all right plus,
0: plus the mississippi is flooding i don't know could i get there
2: well yeah how, how does the never mind <laughs> you were talking about geography earlier i thought you had a better grasp of how the united states is laid out but apparently
0: not if it keeps on raining levee is gonna break you should be worried about the red river not the mississippi i do worry about it i see Actually, here we worry about the Trinity River because it runs, like, three different places in Dallas. It's like, I guess that's why they call it Trinity. And uh the levees here have been known to bust.
2: Well, and I'm sure you probably have some sewer running somewhere near your house, too. That'd probably be the first thing to go. Oop! Oh, sorry about that. I, I fumbled my food dog. Do you hear that? Mm, sewer. <laughs> anyway, Dayton Hamvention.
0: We're falling apart rapidly. Y'all just stay tuned. We'll get there. We'll get there. (laughs) It is scheduled
2: for May 20th through the 22nd. And for anybody who doesn't know when that is, well, that is next week. Next Friday, actually, as of the time of this recording. By the time this recording comes out, it'll probably only be a couple of days away. Uh, Cheryl and I will be making preparations to drive. From where we live in southwestern Missouri all the way over to Dayton, Ohio. So I hope that everybody who listens to our show can make it out to Dayton. And if you can't, that's too bad. But if you can, we would like to see you there. Uh, We are in, if I remember correctly, we're in booth 131, 131 in the North Hall. And if you go to hamvention.org, you can get all the information on the hair Arena and the event and a map that will show you where that booth is, so you'll know right where to go when you get there. So anyway, I hope everybody stops by and says hello, and we're looking forward to meeting everybody, those that we met last year and those that we didn't. So that's all I have to say about Hamvention, since it hasn't happened yet. Uh,
0: is there anything you would like to add? Well, yes, we'll have three episodes concerning the Dayton Hamvention after Russ gets back because he's going to do so much stuff while he's up there that we just won't have time for anything else. But y'all go on up to Dayton Hamvention if you can get there. This is another one of those years I wish I could be there. I've been wishing I could be there 20 years, but uh things just not working out. <laughs> but that's that's Okay. Y'all stop by the booth, say hello, shake Russ's hand, take whatever he's got that he's giving away free, sign up for whatever contest he's running at the time, and enjoy yourself. And if any of y'all see uh, Fred Meyer up there, W5YI, slap him in his red head for me.
2: Okay. Um. There was one thing I was going to say. Oh, I do have portable recorders this time, so I do hope to get some good audio content. I was trying to do a whole you know, mixing board audio set up last year and that didn't work out too well, but I've got little handheld jobbies this time. So
0: you need a Sansa clip.
2: Well, these are kind of like Sansa clips they are just a little bit bigger and they're designed for kind of doing interviewing stuff like that. So hopefully that'll work out much better and we'll, we'll have all kinds of audio that we don't have to, we don't have to talk about anything. We'll just put this stuff out there live and everybody can enjoy.
0: I know you've heard my mobile episodes
2: on the other show. Yeah, I might even try and stream from Hamvention if I can.
0: Woohoo, streaming Hamvention. Yeah. Naked women.
2: <laughs> there weren't too many of those last year that I recall.
0: You know, naked women are pretty common down here in Texas, and uh, I'm not real sure... How 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 common they are in the Ohio area. So if any of y'all have any idea or line or phone number on some naked women in in Dayton, Ohio, send send that information to K A nine W K A at L H S Podcast dot info. K A nine W K A at L H S Podcast dot info. Oh, and don't forget
2: that hate mail at L H S Podcast dot info also works. That right, that's right, it goes straight to Bill. That's right, Bill gets all of that. um, we didn't get any
0: this time, so I guess we're doing all right No, we've been giving bill a hard time, and here here we go down the side road again um uh, uh we've been giving Bill a hard time, but you know what, I think what we ought to do at both websites is is go ahead and set up an email address called Love Mail. And we will call it love mail at lhspodcast.info and love mail at Resonant Frequency, the Amateur Radio Podcast. And we will point both emails at Bill. Maybe we need to have a get Bill a date
2: contest. Get Bill a date. Yep. I I how his it.
0: wife would feel about that?
2: Well, it's all in good fun. I was going to ask you about Belton. Has Belton
0: already happened? Is it going to happen? Are you going to go? Did you Belton. try and go? Is so, it on? Be- Belton happens twice a year. Yeah. And the fall session has already done happen. In fact, uh, Jerry Taylor contacted me about it and asked me if I was going and I, due to circumstances beyond my control, I couldn't get back with him and, uh, everything else. No, Belton, I did not make it to Belton because of the fuel consideration. Okay. Uh, and we didn't, neither of us went to Texas
2: Linux Fest down in Austin either. So there's a couple of events we missed this year. Oh,
0: well, we're doing, we're doing a bunch of, st- we're not doing a bunch of stuff this year for the cause of amateur radio.
2: Are you speaking oh. for both of us or for you?
0: Okay. I'm not doing a bunch of stuff for the cause of amateur radio.
2: <laughs> well, I'm not either. I'd like to go next year. We'll see what happens.
0: Well, I'm, I'm going to try and get back to it. However, life gets in the way. So, all right, we talked about Dayton Hamvention. Y'all go on down Dayton Hamvention. Make sure y'all suck every free freebie out of us that you can get. And who knows, you may even see Bill lurking over behind the Yazoo booth, <laughs> talking talk, talk sweet loving to some of them icons. No, not the Yazoo booth, the icon booth. Talking sweet loving to some of them D Star radios. That's right. He'll be gazing long, longingly
2: at the uh antenna connections on a couple of those, H, you know, those uh, HF rigs.
0: That's right. That's right. How, however, if he'd be gazing longingly at anybody else's antennas, I would be worried. We will find out. And moving oh. on. <laughs> oh, what? Oh, never mind. Uh, All right. Southeast Linux Fest. Yes. Southeast, tell us about that.
2: Well, the Southeast Linux Fest is happening again. This is the third year for it. It's once again in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And I and Cheryl, again, will be there. I'm doing a talk on Saturday. And we'll, of course, have the Linux in the Shack booth down there. So we would like to see everybody who's in the South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, you know, that southeastern coast area, the Atlantic states, I guess, uh, at the Southeast Linux Fest. So if you're a listener of the program and you can get over there, please stop by the booth. We're going to have uh, some kind of giveaway. We'll probably have some freebie stuff to throw at people. And I'll have my digital recorders again, and we'll have a good old time. And uh, it's getting to be quite the event. There's a lot of corporate sponsorship now, and uh, it's going to be a very good time. So I hope to see everybody. At Southeast Linux Fest. And that is, uh, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, June 10th through June 12th. So, uh, get on down there
0: to, uh, Spartanburg if you can. That's about all I have to say about that. And y'all, when you're walking around down there, y'all go find Dave Yates, find Dave Yates and shake his hand because if it wasn't for him, there wouldn't be a Southeast Linux Fest. He, he put a lot of blood, sweat and tears into this thing to get it going the first year. And it apparently is picking up steam every year and getting better and better. So y'all go find Dave and pat him on the back and say, thank you, Dave Yates, for bringing us this particular Linux Fest. Oh, and you did, do while that, you're there, bro. tell do, him that Richard would like him to bring one to Texas. I don't know if he's going to do that. He, ha- I think he
2: has enough, you know, his hands full with just doing Southeast Linux Fest. But definitely give your appreciation if you go to all of the organizers uh, especially Dave Yates and Jeremy Sands, who do a lot of the work. And, uh, I think Amber Greeners, uh, does a lot of the work down there too. So, but let everybody know how good a job they do because they do do a good job.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. Russ said do do
2: because, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you, butthead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I'll have you know that. I am corn, to go. Fire. Okay, are we done? Fire. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're getting way off track here. I think we both need a sedative. Y'all listen to the music and we'll be right back. they found run through some stuff that came through that was innovative and wonderful and and absolutely happening in some of the emails well okay we're going to go through some of the past some of the emails that we've been holding back because they had good information in them and uh, talk about them a few minutes and then we'll see what happens from there and the first one we got up we're going to talk about a little bit is from dan um no call sign associated and it reads hello richard and russ when i was at the uh, at the meeting of my amateur radio club and on March 8th, during the break, I heard several people talking about Linux. I got up and moved towards them eavesdropping, one of my favorite hobbies. Uh, I asked if they were speaking about Linux. Then I, then I told them about my using Binix. Then I had the chance to mention Linux in the ham shack to the group. Also, I have recorded what will be my first podcast. Someone who goes by the name of Storm Dragon helped me with the audio editing. Russ, uh, Richard and Russ, you, uh, you all are welcome to listen to the recording and share your thoughts on it. Okay. Thank you, Dan, for sending that in. And as far as your podcast. My opinion is, is that it is super fantastic. The greatest thing I have ever heard. The rest of us should get out of the business because none of us are ever going to be able to possibly get anywhere near the super fantastic quality of this podcast. Actually, to tell you the truth, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Nor have what I. You? <laughs> what about you, Russ? No, um, as a matter of
2: fact, when I read this email, I, w- I went to go and download. He sent uh, one or two episodes, I think, our way, and I had that in my email for a while, and since we kind of got away from doing the podcast for an extended period, I didn't go ahead and download them, and then I went and tried to download them today so I could give them a listen before the episode, and the links had expired. So what I'm hoping happens is that either, Richard, you still have them, and you can send them my way, or I will go ahead and email Dan and have him resend them. But uh, if I remember correctly, the files were for a podcast called Everyday Linux Use. That's what he plans on calling it, Dan does, as far as I know. And the fact that he uses VINX seems to tickle in the back of my brain the idea that Dan is a blind ham and a blind Linux user. sight impaired, not sure. I think we may have talked with Dan in the past or had uh, some feedback from him earlier. I don't know that he has actually released this podcast anywhere. I just wonder if he's waiting for our feedback, and if he is, I apologize for not listening to the episodes and giving him any feedback up till now, but we will do so as soon as possible. And then whenever... Uh, everyday Linux use gets released. We will let all of our listeners know where to go get it because I'm sure it is absolutely super
0: califragilistic. Fantastic. And I will be making a point, uh, of, uh, trying, digging those out. One to get them to Russ and, uh, to listen to them myself. Uh, actually the number of podcasts I've had time to listen to. Uh, here lately have not been a bunch. In fact, uh, I don't even think I heard the last two episodes of our show, but we will, uh, get our hands on that and, uh, uh, listen to it and, and critique it, uh, because we're interested in hearing about it. And yes, uh, I believe Dan sent us an email after we talked to, after we did the Orca episode and, uh, was telling us that he had been using Minix and, and that kind of stuff. So uh we will keep you all up to date on what's going on with this. If y'all want to go check it out yourself, go on over to HTTP colon stroke stroke www.thetightwadtech.com stroke every day stroke question mark P equals archive. That's the way I was able to find it. Wait, say that again. It was
2: www.tightwad.com stroke every day Linux. Look in the etherpad. Oh, let me look in the Etherpad. Well, we got all this fancy technology. And oh, for those in the chat room—it's yeah.
0: everyday Linux use or something very similar. Well, at least I was right about that. Everyday Linux. I think that's the right one. Now I just made a
2: point of saying that I didn't know if he'd actually released this. May not be it. That's how, Where'd you get that URL from? Um, Google. All right. Now I've got to go back to the Etherpad. Do, 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 do com. Okay.
0: <clears throat> uh, this is some jokers named Chris and Josh. Okay. So never mind.
2: We can get the court reporter to uh, strike that from the record, please. Anyway, I
0: have to go back and find it.
2: Well, the thing is, I don't know that he actually has it posted anywhere yet. I'm not sure that he did. Okay. Let me look one more place. See, the other thing is, I was certain I had something from him earlier that. Indicated a call sign as well from Dan, the man. Oh, I think he's, yeah. I think he's the one that also asked about the
0: pair cast. All right. Anyway, y'all go over and check, uh, check out Dan's podcast. Well, let us find Dan's podcast. Then you can go check it out. All right. Maybe we can syndicate
2: it. Maybe we can syndicate Dan's podcast on our podcast. If it's good. And, uh, well, I say, if it's good. Uh, or he could
0: become a member of the Black Sparrow Media Network. That's right. He definitely needs to consider that. Yeah, we need to push that a little bit. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The next one's from B Period. B Period. Y'all know B Period. B Period. We've talked to him quite a bit about stuff and this and that and the other. And uh uh KC5PIY. He says, "Uh hi guys. And this is going to take a while y'all, so kick back." Uh hi guys. I was reading the February 2011 issue of Linux Magazine. On page 92, they have an article on OpenHatch. From what I gather, it's an avenue to allow individuals pursuing a common project, ostensibly Linux-related, to coordinate and pool their resources while providing a learning environment for all. It's kind of nice. It is kind of nice, but let's kind of take this
2: part by part so we don't forget what we're talking about. Okay. But I just wanted to say that I'd be interested to see what this is all about, and I'd like to talk about it because I'd like to know how it's different from, say, SourceForge, which does basically the same thing, allows you to create projects and collaborate, but... As it happens, right now, we can't get to openhatch.org because there is a major routing problem on the Internet at this very moment. So we're going to put off our discussion of open hatch until we can actually take a look at it. However, we will discuss the rest of this uh, email, and there is a lot of it, so I'll let you go ahead and read some more.
0: And, yeah, open OpenHatch, uh, while I was able to get on the website before it disappeared, um, there are places on there where they have little tutorials about this, that, and other. And we're going to check it out and get back to y'all on it. But we're going to continue on with B period, B period's email. That brings up two thoughts. First, it appears to be a simplistic method of helping novice and expert alike concentrate their energies on a project or goal. Second, it seems like this method or something... Generated with the same idea in mind would address a lot of the issue issues brought up or presented via the website and podcasts. Is he talking that, about hours? It leaves me a little bit in a quandary. I think he may be talking about if we had something like that, we could have some tutorial laying around on how to, how to get some of the stuff happening that we're talking about and this, that and the other. And, and that kind of stuff, you know, Cafe Ninja and Peter Nicolaitis used to do a thing called man page minute, which, uh, they go through and pick out one command and then talk about that command, you know, like, uh, I don't know, uptime or date or something like that. And they spend three to five minutes talking about that. I'm not real sure unless he's talking about an interactive teaching kind of. Mannering, Elmer and kind of thing going on maybe.
2: Well, I guess that's why we need
0: to look at openhatch.org whenever we can do that. Exactly. So let's move on. I like the idea of your websites for, for accessing both LHS and RF along with the podcast articles and are a good venue to find everything from the basics to the slightly more advanced. I guess my response to that would be, thank you. Um, that said, do you ever have any input from the listeners and visitors wanting to develop capabilities or otherwise get their hands dirty with Linux and amateur radio? Or are they more interested in simply learning for their individual benefit? I suspect the latter is more true and that if any are interested in learning more advanced skills, they are hesitant to jump in without some sort of assistance when they run into trouble. Open Hatch appears to address some of the issues that would make people hesitant to jump in. Okay, I see where he's going now. He's looking for somebody to elmer folks along, or talking about Elmer and folks along as they try and get into the more, the complex type of stuff, you know, it's like I am almost completely hopeless at compiling programs. I try and I try and they never work right and I never get them right and that kind of stuff. And, that, and more than anything else, I just haven't taken the time to slowly sit down and do a couple and learn how to do it the right way. Yes, the basic and the slightly advanced stuff, that's the stuff we do cover in the two shows mainly because that's our niche market, for lack of a better phrase. One of the reasons I started the other show was simply because there were a a few amateur radio programs out there, or podcasts, out there that they addressed amateur radio, but they were always talking to people that had been in the hobby for a while and uh, were familiar with the lingo and and understood the concepts because they had been doing it for a while and stuff like that, and it was time to bring it back down to a learning level.
2: I was kind of thinking about the people who listen to our program, or at least the ones who send us feedback, and assessing in my mind what kind of uh, proficiency level they have with Linux. And it seems like most of them are definitely on the newbie side of things. And there have been a few that have been interested in doing something a little more complicated and have sent us emails along those lines. But from what I've seen, the people who are interested in really diving in, who send us feedback anyway, um, there are probably lots of people who are of that sort of intermediate skill level that don't send us any feedback, so we don't know who they are. The ones who want to get into the the advanced topics almost seem like they're over my head, getting into, like, you know, chip programming and SDR, uh, application development, things like that, stuff that, you know, even I have to read up on before I can speak to. I'm not sure that we actually talk to the middle ground very much, but that's only because we don't get feedback from those people very often. And I would really love to take a look at this project and see if it's something we can integrate into our own websites and make something useful out of it whether it's designed for making, you know, sort of intermediate-level tutorials that will help people learn a Linux topic or how to integrate ham radio with Linux in some way, Uh, maybe an easy way to install, say, FL Digi and use some of the maybe more esoteric features of applications like that. Uh, It would definitely be something I'd like to look into, and hopefully we
0: can do that and have something to say about it for next time. Right. And you have to understand, unlike Russ, I haven't been using Linux that long. (laughs) I say that long, five, six, seven years at the most. And there's a lot of stuff that I don't know about it. Even in that case where my experience in amateur radio has been to try everything and find out as much about it as I can. There's still stuff that's probably a little more advanced. I remember the night, I guess we were talking about coax or something, and I went off and Russ just, like, sat back and let me ramble for 30 minutes, and I know I was talking over a bunch of people's heads that night. Thank God it was beer and that kind of stuff, and we don't want to scare off the new guys because we're going a little too difficult. Occasionally, we'll step it up a notch or two, but the thing you have to remember is both shows, or about Elmering. And I, that's probably a little something you'd never really hear on a Linux program because most Linux programs don't deal with amateur radio operators for, directly. One thing
2: I would say uh-huh. is that while we are definitely catering to the newer folks, you definitely want to have the topics be just maybe a little bit outside the reach or outside the comfort zone of the average user. Because if you're actually talking within someone's grasp, like completely within someone's grasp, they're not really learning something. So you kind of have to push the envelope. So while a topic might seem a tad advanced for a particular person, it will be something that in the long run will actually provide a learning experience as opposed to just reiterating something you already know.
0: Well, that that's what I'm talking about. And and yeah. We we try and push it a little bit, try and get that information out there. But we've, we've always done our best, and I've caught myself two or three times on the other show starting to approach more advanced stuff and then caught myself because I had not addressed the building blocks that built up to that topic. That's one of the reasons we're back to basics, installing radio in a truck right now. And I'll tell you right now, I'd be more than happy to pull more people into, into, uh, the whole Linux and the ham shack, resonant frequency, black spatter. I'd be more than happy to bring more knowledgeable people in. Unfortunately, Russ and I, we do not know everything and that, that may be the, that may be our downfall, but we're the only ones available at this time. You know, Jerry Taylor keeps saying over his, his podcast, making, making, uh, what does he say? Making amateurs one, no, Elmer and something. (laughs) Anyway, the whole point is initially starting the other show in, in the first place back in 2000, I think it was 2006. It was about extending my reaches in Elmer and that's basically the direction we're going. But anyway, we need to probably move on a little bit on this. Uh, let's see if I can read the same paragraph twice. Uh t- Today, people use podcast, IRC, Google, uh, purchase books, and so forth to gather random information as needed. With all the social communities out there, a more organized method addressing a single topic, narrow or broad, would be more fruitful and provide a good learning experience. Actually, that makes a good point. It does make a good point, but I'd
2: like to think that that's kind of what we're doing when you aggregate the podcast and the website together and our little community outreach where we talk to people about Linux and amateur radio and all of that and, and sort of get it out into the community that may not know about it, that that is putting a that is creating a social community that is, uh, fruitful and providing a good learning experience.
0: Right. And, and please understand, uh, everybody listening, please understand that it's kind of difficult for us when we have to put these, uh, shows together to focus on, say, well, there for a while we had kind of a, a train of things going. We were steadily moving up the scale. We added, uh, login one week, digital one week. Um, using SSH one week and what I saw happening is we were gradually moving to being able to operate your radios remotely, uh, via network or the internet. And that's just the way the shows were falling in line. We weren't doing that on purpose, but it was kind of falling in line that way. And that narrow prog- narrow topic progression that way is probably what B, B period, B period is talking about. At this point, but y'all have to understand also that putting together this show, the other show going on somebody else's show and talking, whatever, uh, we have to kind of hit a broad range of topics to be able to uh, cover uh, what everybody is interested in. If we did five episodes on APRS, you know, start to finish. Then by the end of that, we probably would have, would lose a quarter of the people that were listening because they have no interest in APRS. Or am I thinking wrong here, Russ? Helps if I turn the microphone on. Yes, it does. Yes.
2: I don't know. It's hard to say what topics are going to interest or disinterest people. I just hope that whatever folks, uh, we have as listeners will take a topic that maybe they know something about and just kind of move on. You know what I mean? And, and, and go on to the next thing. If it's something they already understand,
0: or at least, uh, tune in for our, uh, very witty banter. And there you have it. See, Russ aren't Russ and I, we're not here cause we're smart. We're here cause we're pretty. That's right. We have, we have faces that were made for podcasting. Both of us, you know, it, and, and that that's the main reason we're here. So let, let's move on to the, uh, looks like the final paragraph as an example. There are several APRS clients out there with one orphaned on the uh, death of the developer. I'm going to, okay. So, some are platform specific and or no longer under active develop, development. And from what I can see, only two or three are under active development with support available. Would these active program developers encourage or discourage such cooperative input? D-Star is another example. D-Rats is the only outside development in this area I'm aware of today. Richard, you talked about packet. It is dead, but it's not. Uh, we've become very fractured in the amateur radio world. It seems to me Linux and hardware from various manufacturers could be cobbled together into a coherent suite of com- capabilities with some direction and thought. Art of amateur radio is centered around the idea of experimentation and development, learning in the process. So why not organize ourselves with those willing to participate and come up with a generalized and coherent suite of capabilities? Well, as far as uh, the APRS clients and stuff, the D star clients, in fact, I'll tell you, uh I talk about D-Rats a lot where the D-Star clients are concerned, but there's another one out there called DChat. The main reason I don't talk about DChat much is because it's a very minimal terminal type program and it's available for Windows. I think it'll run in Wine. I don't remember, but I think I had it running in Wine. But uh as far as the APRS clients, yes, we lose a lot of stuff. Even when I was still on doing packet regular, I was running a, a packet mailbox, a software mailbox, not the firmware that was built into the TNC, that was written by a guy that had died four years earlier because there's no active development. Now, as far as packet being dead, it's not dead, but it's nothing like it used to be. But I see what you're saying. And, yes, the guys running these projects are willing to take any help they can get. Beta testing, in fact, uh, Dan over at DRATS, he's, he's more than happy to have people come on and help him find the bugs in the system because DRATS at this time is starting to get quite large. Uh, I'm sure it would be the same with the uh, a- APRS clients that are out there and the ones that are available under under the proper licensing you could probably take and start working on and contribute back to the community. There's a of, lot of stuff out there you can do now as far as our part is concerned. I don't know about Russ, but I, I don't know if I've got the time or the ability to take on another project, especially a big one. The last big one I took on was trying to get wind Link back going, wind Link going here in North Texas. And, uh, once I got it going good, I started butting heads with the guys that write it, Steve and, uh, and what's his name. And they made me mad and I took my toys and went home. So, uh, what do you think about that, Russ?
2: I was just looking at this paragraph again while you were talking about the sort of community development parts of it and was trying to figure out if his idea of centralizing and aggregating um, an ag- you know a coherent suite of capabilities he calls it would actually work out. and I'd actually have to worry about that in the Linux and open source world because there's a general sense of fragmentation in open source or in the free software world, and getting a bunch of developers to sort of agree on everything, I mean, there there are differently communities that have agreed on standards and have created things that are a unified, like a unified application, like the Linux kernel, for one thing. But to get a total suite of capabilities, I think maybe beyond the scope of... Your average open source developers and you may, you may be able to get a large percentage or a large, uh, group of people to contribute to a project or many projects, but to have them all aggregated into one thing that everybody can agree on, I'm not seeing that happen. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing though. I think the diversity is good in the, in the community. And while it would be nice to have a, a place to go, a single place to go, for your learning experience, where, where there's sort of a single place, which is the aggregate of all knowledge, um, I don't see that happening. But as long as you have a good index or a good way to look up the project and the documentation that you need, that's probably just as good and more attainable than what he suggests.
0: Well, and yeah, you have that with the big commercial companies, Microsoft and Apple. You know, everything's centrally located, okay? You can find it there. They're the ones that authorize the books that are written. They're the ones that authorize uh, the documentation that goes with the software, even if it's not software specifically written by their company. Uh, they hold the reins on all this stuff, but the amount of growth in the free software community over the last five years has outstripped both those companies. if yeah, things were pretty archaic about five years ago i'm I'm not sure if I'm the only one that remembers this, but things were pretty archaic but you do have some places coming together like uh, uh a handful of the uh, distributions have gotten together and started talking about a central maybe not a central repository but Uh, using the same packaging scheme for, uh, programs and stuff so that they're, they're more usable across different, different distribution. Y'all know I'm not real good at the the terms for this stuff. So, uh, it's like Debian and Ubuntu and Fedora and SUSE and they're all getting together and talking about this. You know, instead of everything being a dev package and there are some things being a dev package and some things being whatever else it is. I don't even remember anymore. Uh, them all being one specific package that can be downloaded by any of the distributions. So you have things like that coming together. But as far as, you know, all the, these guys getting together and agreeing on a set of guidelines for how they're going to write stuff out and, being responsible to each other and everything else, you know, I'm watching what's going on with open office right now. It'd be kind of difficult for a piece of software, even though it is free and open software that belongs to a, a big company and uh, the guys that split off to uh start LibreOffice, it'd be kind of hard for these guys to work together without conflict and one would affect the other. At least I would think so. But that's the benefit you run when you when you run in Windows, or even more so Apple's products, because everything's right there together. You just have to uh, be—I don't know—blackmailed black, by the terrorists. There you have it. Did any of that make sense? Some of it. Cool. Cut out the nonsensical parts. Stick them <laughs> at the end. All right. So the last bit he says is okay. Off my soapbox, and before this becomes another tome. He does write long emails, 73s, B period, B period, KC5, P-I-Y. P.S., missed you on the podcast early in February. I will attempt to sign into the live shows as work, family, and life allow. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you,
2: thank you. Yeah, and so will we. We'll we'll Ooh. we'll tune into the uh, the podcast as uh, work, family, and life allow.
0: <laughs> exactly, that's been our issue the last few weeks, y'all. So that was extremely long. I'm sure everybody needs to stretch their legs because it's been about seven innings. So
3: <laughs>
0: uh, we'll be right back.
3: Once again I telephone the devil's estate Please leave a message, was all he could say It's a familiar line, I should have turned to God I went about my business in the usual way When someone's at the door and the voices say Jehovah welcomes you and have a very nice day time of my life, when I question everything, I don't mind, strong ambition, oh but really, what you gonna sell me today, now what have you done? Representative has left me perplexed. Spread it all around but you mustn't have sex. It's a different combination every day. So don't eat the red me, don't eat the white me, kill a swine, drink the wine but don't at the animals. All this don't add up to anything. Time of my life when I question everything, I don't mind strong ambition. Oh, but really, what you gonna sell me today? Now, what have you done to us when you need?
0: Okay, we're heading down towards the end, and you know what? It's getting where Richard says the same stuff every time we come back from listening to some music. Have you noticed that, Russ? Yes, I have. Well, how come you didn't tell me?
2: Because I just let you go your own way.
0: That could have been bad in years past. It's a good thing I've calmed down.
2: (laughs) You haven't done anything that
0: I think you'd be arrested for, at least not yet. That's because I've calmed down. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Lock up your daughters and other stuff. All right. So, um, we're going to get through this, uh, last bit. It appears to be a bit of an article that came in as an email, which is fine. I encourage everybody within the sound of our voice. If you got something that's worked well for you, then, then. Write that bad boy up and send it to us because we'll get it posted. We'll see how many different places we can get it posted. It'll be all over the web. We'll get your—you'll be able to punch in your call sign or your name, and you'll have twenty-seven million hits on the search engine. So let's get into it. It says, "Hi Russ." Wait a minute, I'm not Russ. No, you're it's not. A, well, I read it into it. <clears throat> okay. In fact, let's just do the first paragraph. Hi Russ, I thought I'd send along the uh, method that I have used to successfully build SBX Link under Mandriva 2010.2 and Ubuntu Ubuntu uh, 10.10. I built the source on Ubuntu 10.10 late last year, so don't have access to that machine at the moment. So SVX Link, I had to ask Russ about this during the break. That's uh, that's the uh, EchoLink thing, ain't it, Russ?
2: Yeah, it's an open source EchoLink project, and I made reference to it a couple of episodes ago when I talked about a previous email that someone sent. It may have also been uh, K9AO, who's uh, Rick, who sent this this email. When I said I went to go and build it, I downloaded the source and I did, you know, I followed the directions and basically it blew up in my face. So this response is to supposedly tell me how to build it properly. One of the things this email references is SVN, which is the subversion application, which is for, uh, versioning and stuff like that for application development. So in order to get all of these, uh, things to work the way they're suggested in the email is you have to know a little bit about subversion and you have to know a little bit about compiling applications and you have to know a little bit about Linux and you have to be wanting to use SVX link because none of this is really all that easy. So rather than go through everything that he put in here because there are some explicit instructions on like what you have to type on the command line in order to build SVX Link, so that you can run Echo Link on your Linux machine, if you don't want to run uh, Echo Link itself under Wine, which is what I'm doing currently. And I would actually like to try this, but like I said, when I tried to build it, it blew up in my face. So I am going to attempt these steps, as outlined here by Rick, and uh, see if I can get this to work, but I haven't tried it yet. But what I will do is I will post this on our website at LHSpodcast.info in the articles page and reference the explicit directions that he's got here so that if anybody else wants to try and build SVX link under Mandriva or Ubuntu, they're certainly uh, encouraged to try it and see what happens. Uh, so I'll put that up there and, uh, I'll do it myself. And if I get it to build, then we'll talk about it in a future episode. So let me see if there's anything else in this email we should cover before I just go ahead and post it. It says, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, where's that blah, blah, blah part? I don't see it. Um, it's right there. Um, from there to there. Don't you see all the blah, blah, blah. Oh yeah.
0: Okay. I got it.
2: Okay, um, down here at the last paragraph says, there haven't been any changes in the Qtel client for a while, so if all you are after is the client part of SVX link, then there is no advantage to use cutting-edge SVN or subversion. There has been quite a bit of development going on in the server part, so experimenting with the SVN and joining the SVN, SVX link Devel list developers list might be a good idea. And if anybody's interested in developing SVX Link, you might want to go ahead and do that. That's another project I don't have time for and don't plan on getting involved in. So he says, hope that helps and keep up the good work. And that's from Rick K9AO, Kilo 9 Alpha Oscar. So thanks very much, Rick, for the email. And uh, like I said, I will post, those, uh, post your email basically and the instructions on how to build SVX Link on the website. So if anybody is interested in trying out SVX Link as an open source alternative for an Echolink client and server application, it will be up there and uh I wish everybody who wants to try it good luck. Uh like I said, I'm gonna try it myself and we'll see what happens. So anything else you want to add to that?
0: No, that you pretty much covered it. Um Echolink's one of those things I really don't fool with much, kinda like APRS. And uh you know, I'm glad there's some folks out there using it. And in fact, I'd like to have somebody, if anybody's listening, they using, using Echo Link under Linux, uh, Qtel, uh, this, uh, SV, SVX link, anything else, get in touch with us. Cause we'd like to get you on the show and, and talk about it some. Cause you know, there are areas in which that, uh, well, like I say, I try everything. Only the stuff it catches my interest do I learn a lot about. And it's been a long time since I've used Echolink. In fact, the last time I was on Echo Link, I think uh I was trying to see if I could get the Echo Link client for Windows to uh run under wine and got on there and talked to Lee, uh guy we know. And uh K D seven ETH. Yes, yeah, probably him. And uh
2: <laughs> <laughs> in Arizona. Yeah, that's him. Yeah, okay.
0: And uh, talked to him on it, and once I had done that, then it was done. I got it working, and I was ready to move on. In fact, we may have done a show about it. I don't know for sure. Anyway. Uh, I don't remember. Oh, and by the way, the project page for SVX link
2: is at sourceforge.net stroke projects stroke SVX link, and that, of course, will be in the show notes. And I have posted that in the Etherpad for... Bill's Easy Access.
0: Bill's Easy Access. Bill's Easy Access. Bill's okay. Easy Access.
2: So Bill is our Oh, so remember to send email to K9WKA at LHS and tell Bill that he's doing such a good job with the show notes. And really like the
0: is. title of the of the email, Bill's Easy Access.
2: Yeah. And and also make sure you sign up for the find Bill a date. Uh, The
0: fine bill of date contest. I hope Bill's wife doesn't hear us on the speakers. She won't let him play with us anymore. (laughs) All right. So um, we only had a couple of feedbacks on the website. That's because everybody's waiting in uh, breathlessly for us to put out an episode because we have, you know, this being episode 100, I'm not real sure if they know how many episodes they've actually missed.
3: But... (laughs)
0: we're going to go ahead and put that off until the next episode. And um, with that, uh, let's see if we got anything in the chat room before we go. Uh, while we're waiting for the guys in the chat room to to let us know if they have anything, uh, we do want to repeat that uh, out at the Dayton Hamvention, Russ and Cheryl are going to be there. Uh, Bill is in a similar situation to mine, so uh, he probably won't be there, but the, but they will. They'll be in the North Hall in Booth 131. North Hall, Booth 131. Y'all get there early because that's when all the goodies will be there. Uh, you might even be able to talk Russ into buying you lunch. But don't count on it. Everybody that shows up at North Hall, Booth 131, Russ will buy them lunch.
2: No, Russ won't. <laughs> <laughs> But do show up at the booth. We do want to see everybody, and don't also forget about uh, the Southeast Linux Fest, June tenth through twelfth in Spartanburg, South Carolina. We'd like to see everybody there as well.
0: We so, want you guys to take pictures.
2: That's right, pictures. We need more pictures for the website. I've been looking for the, the at those same like four pictures forever now. I've got a few more to put up there. We just have to get around to doing it.
0: Yeah, we need pictures of Russ and Cheryl at at Dayton. And from Southeast Linux Fest, yeah, buy that a From Southeast Linux Fest, we need pictures of Chad Wallenberg in compromising positions. <laughs> All right.
2: Well, I, I don't, uh, I don't see anything in the chat room, just some friendly banter, no uh, questions for the hosts. So I okay. say, uh, we've been going a while and, uh, and
0: Russ I, has got to go to work.
2: I've got, I've got things to do and uh, I want to make sure that I can get this episode out. And the last one out before Dayton happens, so we probably so, need to go.
0: So we're going to go. So we're going to get the heck out of here. We're going. We're going to head on off into the sunset. And while we're doing that, I just want y'all to know that if you want to contact me, you can get a hold of me at kb5jbv at gmail dot com. Kb5jbv at gmail dot Or track me down on the social networks. I know a bunch of y'all been tracking me down on Twitter. And if I haven't followed you back yet, just give me some time. I just haven't had a chance to get over there and and friend y'all up. So uh, you can follow me at Twitter. You can follow me at Identica. You can follow me at Facebook. Uh, Please don't follow me around town because it makes me nervous. Send emails to kb5jbv at gmail.com and we're going to send it over to Russ so he can tell you all about his business.
2: Okay, this is Russ, K5TUX. You can reach me at k5TUX at LHSpodcast.info or you can send email to info at LHSpodcast.info and that will go to both Richard and I and we'll be happy to take your comments, suggestions, and questions. Uh, Make sure to check out the website, lhspodcast.info. Leave us a comment over there. We'll make sure to get it on the air. And please don't forget about our voicemail line, which is 417-200-4811. And make sure to select the appropriate option for Linux in the handshack. Shack. We'd like to really hear from everybody, and uh, we'll get those on the air as well, unless you tell us not to, in which case we will, in fact, respect your privacy. We may make fun of you, but we'll still protect your privacy anyway i think that's about it from here up between the peaks in the pine forest of north central arkansas so i'm going to send it back down to the beautiful and dry and muggy dry and muggy at the same time anyway down to bald springs texas where richard is in his
0: studio and he's going to say i think russ needs a drink <laughs> this is K- from the pf changs in dayton ohio this is kb5 JBV. we'll see you next time